Hi, I'm Rick Steves. Quick, when I say France, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Maybe you had visions of fine wine and smelly cheese. Or maybe it was rude waiters and body odor. The fundamental differences between us and the French have caused plenty of misunderstandings. Many comedians and even a few politicians have made a career out of picking on the French. But if you get to know France on its own terms, you'll discover, as I have, that the culture provides ample opportunity for vivid and unforgettable experiences. And if the way to a traveler's heart is through his stomach, you'll find yourself quickly falling in love with France and its people. Coming up in the hour ahead, two of my friends from opposite ends of France join us in the studio to discuss French cuisine and to look at some of the faux pas we're most likely to commit as we visit their country. There are just certain ways things are done in France, and once you crack the code, you too will appreciate the French. We're exploring French food and faux pas, up next as we travel with Rick Steves. Travel with Rick Steves is brought to you by American Airlines. With their new Advantage Award booking tool, it's easier than ever to book to over 800 Advantage Award destinations online at aa.com. American Airlines knows why you fly. I'm Rick Steves, and this is Travel with Rick Steves. When you go to France, travel means eating, and eating well. This has always been a challenge for me. I used to enjoy dorm food, and when I go to France, I need help to get it right. And right now, I've got two wonderful French guides with me, Patrick Vidal from Brittany and Sabine Le... Le... How do we say her last Le Teinturier. That's right, Sabine... <laughs> Le Teinturier. From Languedoc. Brittany is on the west of France, and Languedoc is in the south of France. Patrick and Sabine, thank you so much for joining me. Mm, you're, you're very welcome. welcome. You said that together in beautiful harmony. And, uh, uh, hey, Patrick, tell me just quickly about where you live in Brittany. Uh, well, I live in Brittany. pretty much looks like here. It's, uh, Seattle. It's next, to, it's next to the sea as well. We've got the same kind of uh, islands. We've got... Uh, our own budget sound, and uh, we we've got the uh, the same climate pretty much, and uh, okay. it's uh, it reminds me of. And home. the people are Celtic. People are Celtic. Yeah, that's the only area of France where where people are. I've got the as opposed origin. to Gallic or what do you call? Uh, it? As opposed to Latin for the Latin. south southwest the south mm-hmm. people, southern okay. people, and uh, but it's just the those people who moved away from from England when the Anglo-Saxon moved. I see. So the Angles came in England, and the Celtic people actually fled and came to the west of France. Voila. And amongst, even, even today, even today, do you? Yeah, yeah the, the culture there is one of the origin in France, which has got the the strongest culture. I mean, uh, very right. strong on music, on uh, on uh, on history, on language. And uh, now, I've heard most of the Celts are actually not along the coastline, but in the interior of Brittany. Is that right? Yes, uh, I mean the, uh, the the coast is more touristy. I mean, yeah. like anywhere else. Right. I mean, there's more uh, there's more influences from the uh, from Parisian people. Uh, so, if you want there. the traditions of the Celtic culture, you would go to the interior of Brittany most. Yes, yes. And uh, Sabine, you're from the south of France. Everybody knows Provence and everybody knows the Riviera. Languedoc. Languedoc. What is that? Languedoc. So you have, okay, you have a good idea. You know, the Provence, uh, Provence is actually south, uh, southeast of the Rhone River. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just closer to Italy, you have the Riviera. Mm-hmm. Well, west of the Rhone is the Languedoc that stretches all the way from the Rhone to the Pyrenees, to okay. the, Spa- the Spanish border. Bordering Spain? Bordering Spain. All okay. the way to Spain is the Languedoc region. And Languedoc has its own language? Absolutely. You have, um, well, you have the Occitan language. Still spoken. Still spoken, absolutely. Particularly when you go in the interior villages, like Malila village, you know, you do hear people speaking hmm. uh, the Occitan language. And I would at imagine if it has its own language, it has its own cuisine. It has its own cuisine and it has its own culture. Wow. France is the size of Texas, and I swear it must be the most diverse country in Europe. You've got different languages, of course, different cuisines. I think there's one cheese for every day of the year or something like that, don't they say? Probably. We're close, close to it, if not more. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to talk about cuisine with my two French friends here because, I, again, I'm the classic American traveler that uh, goes over there and, and really just uh, wonders if it's okay to put ketchup on the meat and so on. And let me just <laughs> play the, uh, the, the typical first-time American going to France wanting to get it right, wanting to respect the culture – and you can give me a little help here. First of all, let's talk about some of the clichés. Um, you know, when, when people are coming to France, they'll encounter crepes. And there are sweet crepes and savory crepes, right? Yeah, Patrick uh, is probably... Can I'm the one to talk about that because yeah. crepes are coming from Brittany. I mean, crepes are... In fact, overall, when you talk about French cuisine, you haven't said anything. Because mm-hmm. as you said, French is so diverse Then every different region has got different way of eating. So any French person, you say crepes, they think... 
Brittany. Yes, absolutely. So they yeah. serve it in Paris, but yeah. it's Brittany. Cuisine. You'll find it all over the place because it has become a little bit like the like the Italian pizza. Right. You know, yeah. it has become it's a general thing all over the place. It's a good snack. It's a good... Uh, mm-hmm. Nowadays, you make a, a crepe out of anything inside. So anything you'd put in an omelette or on a pizza, you could find in a crepe. Absolutely. I mean, they've got those crepes. In fact, the, uh, the, the real term is galette for the savory one. Galette. And that would be buckwheat? That would be buckwheat, absolutely. Okay. And crepe for the sweet one. What makes the crepe uh, in a sweet one? It's not buckwheat. Oh, it's just normal it's wheat. Regular, regular flour. wheat. Just just flour. Regular flour. Yeah. Regular okay. flour. Yeah. I know when I'm in Paris, very expensive city, get a get a galette, a, a savory crepe, and it's a meal. It's yeah, it a works meal well. for $3, yeah. and you sit down on the riverside, and boy, you feel like a one first-class hobo. The original galette was uh, was a sausage in a roll, roll uh, galette. Yeah, that's what the, in Britain it was at the origin, it was to go back to the field after lunch. Is that right? Go quickly there. They, that would be your uh, sandwich on the That goal. would be the hot dog. The hot dog. Yeah. The, the French hot dog. A, the French hot dog a crepe. Yeah. All right. Now let's talk also about escargot. Oh, escargot. I love it. What is it about escargot? <laughs> snails. I mean, if you called it snails, it wouldn't sound so good. Escargot. 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 Well, you know, it's like, uh, it's like Patrick said, you know, the crepe. The crepe, which is the sweet one, is probably one of the be- uh, the best snack, the best value for your money. Like if you go to any festival or to a marketplace or a gathering of people, that's going to be, you know, I can assure you that the cheapest snack for 150, 2 euro, uh, you're going to get a sugar crepe. Right. And, you know, it's kind of like the, the quick French fries that you may be able to find in the U.S. Sure. Uh, the escargot is the same thing. You know, it comes from actually Burgundy. I mean, I would not dream of of ordering, for example, escargot. Like if you go in the Languedoc, just like in Languedoc, you would not really go out of your way to find a savory crepe. Right. You really stick with actually the regional cuisine. So for the escargot, uh, if you do travel uh, through the Burgundy region, I would make a point in uh, in um, having a taste. Checking it out for sure. Yeah. And I find as a tour guide, a lot of people, no way, I don't want to eat snails. And then I order half a dozen crepes or a dozen crepes and I walk them around the group and people try it once and they really, they like Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm, Especially mm-hmm. if you don't tell them it's snails. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, but, well, know, I'm not sure about that. I, I usually, it's actually, it's okay. I know, Patrick, you can I'm certainly... The, uh, I'm the <laughs> proud owner of a barn, you know, an animal barn in Burgundy where uh, that I rent out to a snail farm. Really? I didn't absolutely, know that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I remember the first time I had this, the, the conversation with the lady who uh, rented it too there. I uh, went around and she already owned half of the building there. And she, uh, we talked about her taking over mine and, and renting it out. And uh, the conversation went, uh, we went to the back of the building and uh, we had the one bucket in our hand each. And we just passed our time picking and handpicking the snails which were running away they're very stubborn the snails they want to go away. <laughs> so we spent our time a just snail running thing. away a snail yeah, running hand away chasing a snail handpicked snails hand-picked i didn't hear snails. that one before. and this would be the very good escargot then <laughs> they'll be they'll be there i would imagine a key thing is not just the snail but the garlic and the oil and what goes that's like that. mushrooms that's like uh, a lot of those mushy little things there i mean it's uh, on its own it's not very nice it has to be a nice sauce around a nice taste and it's okay thing. to dip your bread in that and that's part of the fun, isn't oh, it? Oh, you that's cannot requested. leave oh. any, any any sauce. I mean, that's a, that's a crime. And I've, personally, I'm disappointed if my crepes don't come in the little dishes where you have the little bucket of, of the uh, delightful garlic sauce and so on. I can dip my bread into it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the good. best part of it. Let's talk about horse. Do the French people still eat horse? Chav- how do you say it? What do you call it? Chav- Chevaline. 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 Because you Chevaline walk around is... Paris, you see, you see horses' heads sticking out of shop facades advertising... This is a horse meat shop, although now mm-hmm. most of them are left on the facade because it's sort of considered historical and the shop might be selling, uh, mm-hmm. you know, cell phones or anything. But originally it was a horse meat shop. Yeah, yeah. It's actually the chevaline is really mm-hmm. the, the, the butcher. Is it know, considered a would, uh, delicacy, a horse? No, 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 it is not. It's actually rather cheap meat. Cheap meat. Cheap meat. And it is really, it's not that much. Uh, I would I would think that actually they have really disappeared. I mean, there's really not that many. For example, the little market yeah. where I live. I mean, we I it's live in a thirteen, uh, you know, thirteen hundred people mo- um, right. town, yeah. and the little market that comes to town, there is a trailer, you know, that comes and it's a chevaline. I mean, it sells horse meat. Is it a remnant of a poorer age? Exactly, before. exactly the yeah. same way we were talking about crepes or escargot. Mm-hmm. French cooking is all is almost only based on that. 
on the way people were cooking, cooking traditionally. traditionally. I heard that the uh, French people were a little concerned about where the horses were coming from. Many of them were coming from East Europe, and they weren't um, assured that they were healthy horses to eat. It's about all the meat now. I mean, yeah. you know, the last few years with this uh, crisis of the uh, the mad cow crisis right. and all the disease around that, uh, a lot of more and more people are, are getting worried about where is my food coming from. And for the meat now in restaurants, you've got to write on the on the on the board somewhere where is the meat coming from, and if it comes from France, you even have to say which which uh, farm Area. it's coming from. Mm-hmm. It is that right? Be, yeah. you, you order beef, and you can tell on the menu what country it came from. Or it's, not, it's not necessarily on the menu, but it will be somewhere in a restaurant on the board somewhere. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because French people are concerned about this. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty much all over Europe now. I think so. Yeah, yeah. it's I, mandatory. And it's mandatory. As a tourist, I'm concerned about what part of the body am I eating also. Oh, you've you've well, got a lot of uh, very um, exotic parts of the body that are served and uh, generally tripe, right? Or what is this? Uh, it's well, very exotic, popular. exotic part, that's uh, very subjective. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the French, you know, Patrick mentioned, and um, we... It is very varied and very diverse, but also it's uh, the cooking has been developed. It really not wasting anything. Okay. So people have been really creative in, uh, you know, really every part of the body. Of every the, of part the of the, cow the body or the can. Sheep or the yes. Goat, you're gonna yeah, and it's really the way of cooking. It's not so much you have to kind of get away from like the trip, huh? the right. tripes, you right. say. Or, you know, the brains or whatever, you know, I mean... So you don't dwell on that. It's how, no, it's, pres- how it's prepared. Absolutely. I mean, it's usually, it's like the escargot. It's not so much the escargot, it's the sauce that goes with it and the herbs and the butter, etc. I got to w- say, one thing I look forward to when I go to France is a salade guisée. Is that the De word? Gésier. 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 Salade de gésier. G-E-Z-I-E-R-S. Something like this. Is G-E-Y-S-E-R-S. Is that, that's gizzard. Gizzards, yes. yes. So the gizzard, to the American, it looks like a gizzard salad. But <laughs> it is exquisite. It is sumptuous. I love the salad. De gésier. <laughs> now, uh, something else people are curious about is this raw hamburger, steak tartare. Steak tartare, yeah. Do you, do you like it? Yeah, I do like it I very much. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Really? You actually do? Yeah, yeah I do. Why? I do. No. Actually, I really... I, I eat. I rarely eat red meat, but I never refuse a steak tartare because it's certainly it's the best meat that you will ever find. It's so, very fresh, and again, it's you know this mix of the mustard and the egg and the seasoning. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the meat. I so mean, it's going to be the top quality meat. Top quality. It's got to be that because it's served essentially Absolutely. raw. Yes. And then it's made special with these. Wonderful spices. The seasoning and the mm. and the, oil, and the egg mustard on top of it. and, and the egg. egg. Yeah. I had this in Paris last time I was there for my first time, and I did it in order to make my TV show interesting, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and uh, I was eating my steak tartare, and I was ready for the worst, and I actually liked it. It uh, was it was oh, for an yes. American to eat a. It looks like raw hamburger. Put it in your mouth, and it's a, a delightful taste. Although it's very very rich, I could not eat the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it was very, very good. You're becoming French, Rick. Slowly, mm-hmm. slowly, yeah. slowly. Take We're just time. staying with you. You, <laughs> know, you guys are helping. Us. <laughs> I got to say, my French guides are helping this American appreciate the wonders of French culture. Non, ne dérangez pas ces fleurs. Un seul couvert, please, Jim. There's more on French food and faux pas with Patrick and Sabine. Coming right up on Travel with Rick Steves. Travel with Rick Steves is brought to you by American Airlines, with 4,000 flights to 250 cities in some 40 countries around the world every day. It's easy to book your next flight at aa.com. American Airlines knows why you fly. Nous enchaînerons avec un interlude musical. Allô, allô, ne quittez pas les coups, 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 ne quittez
quittez pas les coups, ne 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 quittez pas les coups. Ahoj, já jsem Honza z Prahy a protože cestujeme s Rikem, tak cestujeme v prvé řadě po hospodách, tak dáte si pivo. This was Czech and it means, hi, my name is Honza, I'm from Prague and since we are traveling with Rick, we are traveling mainly through the pubs. Will you have a beer with me? So now let's have it again. Ahoj, já jsem Honza z Prahy a protože cestujeme s Rikem, tak cestujeme v prvé řadě po hospodách. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves, and we are talking with two tour guide friends of mine, Patrick from Brittany and Sabine from Languedoc in France. And we're talking about French cuisine and pitfalls for American travelers. A lot of Americans, when they go to France, they are a little bit confused about what is the etiquette. For instance, if we watched our movies, we know you can go, garçon, snap your fingers and holler, garçon means boy. That's, you're looking yes. at me like, what kind of a barbarian are like, you? I was like, how long ago have you been traveling to here? <laughs> so. No, this is really not a, this is not a good idea. It's very condescending and probably very, very rude. You know, uh, one of the big difference actually and something that people should realize is the, the waitress, the waiters and waitress in France is a career. I mean, it's their profession. So they take great pride in service. Or, you know, I mean, some some of them more than others, but it's it is not something that they do uh, in between jobs. Okay, so just like I think we owe them the respect that uh, that uh, any any person doing a good job uh, should should get. And no, you don't say garçon. Garçon is actually boy. Just so I don't know when you used boy to call the waiter in a, in an American restaurant. But you say monsieur, you know, sir or madame. Monsieur, uh, madame. Monsieur, madame. Plate. You know, you raised your hand mm-hmm. uh, just to, get, to grab the attention. Okay. But you do not snap your finger. Good. You wouldn't do that in a U.S. restaurant. That's good. We won't do that. That's for sure. Now, when it comes to uh, respect, I find that a lot of Americans are confused because they're complaining about the slow service. And it seems to me slow service in France is actually good service. In fact, French people are complaining about fast service <laughs> in America. <laughs> really? you know, that's yeah. The, yeah, yeah, that's the way it works. In fact, when you sit down in the restaurant, the table is yours for the evening. You can stay as long as you want there. And... Uh, to a French waiter, to a French customer, bringing the bill before the customer has asked for it is rude. Okay. So the first thing is that you won't have your bill before you've asked for it. That's, that's and, the and, the, and the courses will come slowly. And the course will come slowly because people are going to the restaurant to enjoy the restaurant. They don't go to the restaurant just to make a quick stop and go away. Because a lot they of want to sit down. And, Americans uh, are eating on the way to some place. Absolutely. Right. Here, the restaurant is the aim of the evening. It's the yeah, event it's the of the evening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You went it, out to go to a restaurant, so you sit down, you take your time, you relax. And, and they're not interested in turning the tables like we do here. No, no not no. at all. Not at all. It so, is an experience. It is a social mm-hmm. time. It is a time that you you share with your friends or with your family or whoever you're sharing the dinner or your lunch with. It's one of the so, beautiful things about enjoying French cuisine is taking your time and being social. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and you talk and you catch up. You now, know, if you want to have life. fast service for some reason, you can get it. You yeah. can get it. You First thing, you don't take a four-course or five-course menu because it's going to take time. And you can you can say to people, I mean, more and more French people do as well for lunch, for instance, want to make it quicker because they want to go back to work earlier and finish their day earlier as well. So uh, you've got to do, you've got to precise it, you got to do the guy. I've got And you need a guidebook, a, f- a phrasebook that can say, voilà. excuse me, I'm, I need to eat quickly. I want yeah. it quickly. Or yeah. you and pick the, the right restaurant. You don't go to a restaurant, you go to a brasserie. Ah, that's okay? what that is you for. Okay, a brasserie, mm-hmm. so you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get meals that are just uh, designed you know, for designed to just kind of on the go. I mean, on the go. I don't like that expression mm-hmm. because it's kind of like you know destroy that whole meal. Yeah, uh, I think experience. A, I think a, a very interesting thing for the French people when they come to America is to see us eating in our cars, having a cup of coffee while you drive. That's so. That's yeah. surprising. Yeah, yeah. You know that we do not have to go coffee. You don't have that even if you're actually standing at the bar, you know, inside a cafe, just drinking, you know, uh, at the bar, your little espresso so short, it's going to be served in a porcelain cup. Right. And, you know, it would not come to mind to ask to go. To go for the road. 
Yes. No way. Now, when you're in uh, a restaurant and you want to get the bill, l'addition, s'il vous plaît. L'addition, s'il vous plaît, sounds Perfect. good. Yeah, like you just that, attract the, 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 uh, get the attention. attention, get the attention of the uh, How much the do waiter. you tip? How much would you, because it's confusing to me. It's coming back to what Sabine just said before. They, that's a carrier. Those people are making a job out of it. You're not subsidizing the, their, their, their salary. Or they're paid. Their wage. They're paid. They're, they're paid properly to do That's a proper job. Paid. It's a proper they're carrier that you do all your life. Those waiters in the, in the brasserie in Paris, they've been working there for 20, 30 years. They so do, what tip they do, do they, they expect? Tip. So they, they expect, they don't expect anything, in fact. Tipping is a gesture of appreciation. Hmm. Yes. So if good you service. enjoyed your thing, if you had a good service, you'll run it up. One one euro, Round two euros. Okay, so if it costs if it cost eight euro eighty, you might leave ten euros. Ten, ten euros. euros. Well, that's a that's a ten, ten percent tip or something. It is, that's pretty good. But nine fifty, you'd leave ten. Yeah, something. Yeah, but if leave you didn't coins. like it, leave if you coins. didn't like it, you don't leave a tip. That's right. right. That's really the direct appreciation, you know, or okay. lack of appreciation of the service. Does it say on the on the menu uh, service included? Yeah, service always. Included? always. So if it says service, service in, it include. Include? Service include means that it's always included. And really the rule is it doesn't always have to, included. Yeah, it doesn't have to be written on the bill. Okay. It, it's sometimes written, sometimes it's not written. Okay. Legally, it's included on the bill. Okay. Except so, in the Latin Quarter where they want to tell you in Paris, where they want to tell you, yes. oh, no, no, <laughs> you're American, you need to tip us there. But otherwise, anywhere, it's included. Basically, mm-hmm. if you leave the little coins, that's okay. That's okay. Okay. In some countries, it's not normal to leave the coins on the table. You say how much they want. You want them to keep when you give them the paper bill. Mm-hmm. Is that the way in France? Or? In tip, for example, I know in the U.S. you have the habit of rounding up, you know, right. like on a credit card. Right. The tip is always left cash. Cash. It is not ah. something that you do add, for example, on your credit card, you know, paper receipt. It is something that you leave separately, uh, cash or, you know, whatever whatever you choose to leave as a tip, but it will not be added on a credit card. Good advice. Now, when you're dealing with a menu or a cart, if you ask for the menu in a restaurant, you may very well get Yeah, it is a little confusing. Actually, it is not confusing. It's just that you are misreading what we called menu and the carte. The menu is a fixed price meal that the restaurant will offer. It is actually required by law that any restaurant, in order to be affordable or just kind of more democratic, accessible, would offer a fixed price meal, uh, for example, a 15 euro, 20, 25, or you know, even you know, a 10 euro mm-hmm. uh, meal. And so you have actually uh, cho- you know, some items that have been chosen. Mm-hmm. For example, you have, you're going to have two items as a as an appetizer as a main dish and as a dessert and you will cha- have to choose maybe between two items but the price is set okay so that's a menu and you could that's conceivably yes. an american tourist could conceivably come into a french restaurant ask for the menu and and get a meal are. you get the meal not the, you get car, the not meal. the piece of paper that says what they're cooking yeah so, so if you want the men, the piece of paper that says what they're cooking you ask for la carte la carte la carte very good now, if I'm in France, one of the things I've learned to really enjoy is the cheese course. And it can be the dessert or it can be before the dessert, mm-hmm. right? It's either, the, uh, for example, on if you choose a menu, uh, a menu, a, mm-hmm. si- a f- fixed price uh, right. meal, you will either have a choice of either cheese or dessert or sometimes you have cheese and dessert. In a fancier, full-blown meal. Yes. But if you're having a simple, well, whatever, you have a cheese course, what generally comes on the cheese course? To me, it's a wonderful uh, variety. Is there sort of a structure for a cheese plate, a mixed cheese plate? You will have a sampling of the different cheese that, I mean, if you are, again, here, I mean, you can have four cheeses, like, for example, you would have... uh, A goat cheese, you would have like a camembert, a cow cheese, and a hard you know, a hard cheese. But then in some nicer restaurant, you may have 20 cheese to choose from. Hmm. And how does a tourist know? Big uh, question for a lot of tourists is, am I supposed to eat the skin of the cheese? It depends which cheese. <laughs> My understanding is the big cheeses that were rolling around on the skin you yeah, don't eat. I would, no, don't eat that. Don't eat that. Don't eat that. But the little, gross little moldy cheeses. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> It looks very moldy. You eat the skin of this. Well, just kind of, you know, this is kind of opening 
I would say, what, a can of worms? <laughs> it, it really depends. You need to look at the cheese. I mean, it's uh, even... Okay, I mean, so there's some, some of them, little gross things you don't eat. Well, we some of we them, don't even know how many cheeses there are in France. I mean, there's something... Yeah. Somebody says 400, 500, 600. Nobody knows how many of Give them Give or there take are. 100. So, so uh, you know, some of them don't even have a name. They're named by, oh, it's a goat cheese. <laughs> so there is there. If something is incredibly delicious, what do you say? Formidable. Formidable. Non, Formidable. Non. Délicieux. Yeah. Très bon. Très bon. Très bon. Très bon. Oula. 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 Excellent. 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 Fabuleux. Do you say more la 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 if something is special? No, oula la is good. Oula la. Oula la. Okay. And faux pas for Americans. What about getting water? I mean, I, I find that water for, you know, the dollar's not very strong. Things are expensive. You can actually get tap water. Yes. Without it's, any problem. It's compulsory. It's, it's compulsory with the meal. You have to have. Uh, Is that water. right? That's, oh, it's that's compulsory. Bread and but, water. But most of the restaurants are making their money on the wine they sell. Okay. So they won't push you to have the tap water. No, but if you ask for if you ask for it will a come on the table. Yeah. Say this again. You ask for a carafe d'eau. Okay. Carafe d'eau. Carafe d'eau. It will be a carafe of water, not and a designer bottled water. No. So but if you want Evian, you can get that and oh pay yeah, two or three euros. Exactly. But if you want free water at the table at any restaurant in France, it's not bad style to simply ask no, for a carafe d'eau. A carafe d'eau, and it will be served. Okay, because this is a little bit stressful for some Americans in other countries. But in France, we should be very comfortable asking for free water, and then we have a little more money for the wine. Absolutely, that works I well. Would. Yep. Very nice balance. All right. What about doggy bags? Do you, no, know what, do you know what no, a doggy no, bag no. is? Yes, I do. And I'd say, no, no, no. You, if an American asks It's a no, no. That's a, that's a French faux pas. No, don't even think about it. Okay. You will see that actually the portions are not as big as what you used, you know, in, uh, in the U.S. restaurant. You will have smaller portion. It is not the quantity. It will be really, a, I, I do hope and uh, wish you all a wonderful meal in France, but you will have smaller portion that if you do enjoy, I can assure you, you will not leave one piece on the plate. And by the way, it's the same with the wine. If your bottle of wine oh. is not finished, <laughs> you don't go away with your bottle under your arm. In fact, French people will finish the bottle. That's as simple as that, at the table. That's, that's right. Just that's, good that's style. The it, that's the way it yeah. goes. Finish the bottle. You know, I think every neighborhood has a little battle about what is the best boulangerie, the best bakery, mm-hmm. and the best patisserie where they make the pastries. Right? There is a very good answer, a very easy answer to that. Sunday morning, you watch the different bakeries, and you find the one which has gone to the long the line. The longest line. And it's pretty clear. It's the best it's one. very clear. People know where the good Absolutely. bread is. Yeah. Is this important? Follow the locals. Oh, yeah, it is important. I mean, I live in a little village. There are 6,000 inhabitants. There are three bakeries. Two of them are next to each other. And there's one which has got always long line along it there. And the other one has got nobody in. And you use the, the one with nobody in only if you're in rush, basically. <laughs> so if a baguette? A baguette is not a baguette. There are a good baguette? Bread. Oh, there's so oh, many monsieur, baguettes. A baguette. Mon oh. Dieu. Si vous saviez. <laughs> No, no, you just have, uh, you know, it's like you have the bakery. If you go, for example, if I go and get uh, get bread in, you know, in the bakery in my village, I use one bakery. But if I want a pastry, I will choose, you know, you have the bakers and you have the pastry. Oh, and they don't and do them both equally well. They said that actually, you know, a good baker may not be a good pastry mm-hmm. chef. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they have their forte. Because they normally have both in their racks They do, there. they do. But I the mean, locals will know. I go here for my pastry, the bread, eh. Exactly. And then I go here yeah, for my bread. Totally. Hmm. No, a baguette, you know, a baguette is really varies. Tell me about breakfast in France. Ah. There's not much to say about breakfast in France. It's, breakfast, uh, nothing, what breakfast? It's not, <laughs> nothing very important. It's the little breakfast, it's called in French, le petit, petit déjeuner. déjeuner. Oh, the, the déjeuner is that? Déjeuner the, is breakfast. It's literally the same word. Really? Break the fast. Break the fast. Déjeuner. déjeuner. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the petit déjeuner is the little breakfast. Is so the that, breakfast. Tell, that tells you all. And I mean, lunch it, is called déjeuner. Exactly. So lunch is called break the fast. French people don't care too much about the uh, the breakfast. They will be they will be a t- cup of coffee or tea or something like that. They will a be croissant. A, a, a croissant, croissant or a piece of bread, something like that, and they run. That's the idea. At eleven after eleven o'clock, eleven thirty, don't get in the way of a French person going for lunch, because <laughs> I right. can tell you they're hungry. You can yeah. understand why the French lunches are big because they are hungry. No it's wonder no I had trouble with my French guide when I was making my TV show and I wanted to skip lunch <laughs> because the light was no, good. No, 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 that's uh, a no, no. That's, that's another no, no. And you know, we really just like, we, we eat at very fixed hour. Because, I mean, when you just have a cup of coffee or a café crème in the morning with a croissant or a tartine, which is like a baguette that is sliced into with butter and jam, 
that's all you have. And then comes 11.30 noon, you're really ready to eat something. So at noon, you know, typically like at 11.30, the restaurant will be serving the staff. Mm -hmm. So you do not enter a restaurant before noon. 12, you know, 12, 12, 12, mm -hmm. 12.30. But then the, the déjeuner, mm -hmm. you know, the breakfast, the lunch, sorry, the lunch will be served between 12 and 2 in a regular restaurant. If at 2.30 you just kind of decided, oops, I better get some lunch, well, you, I can assure you, you will do it once because you will find the door closed of the restaurant. They okay. stop serving lunch This is at very important to know the tempo of eating in different countries yeah. around Europe. I've found also in my favorite rec recommended restaurants that I send a lot of people to with my guidebooks, if you go at 7.30, the place is just filled with Americans. It looks like a tourist trap. But if you go at 9 o'clock, all of a sudden it's filled with Europeans. Uh, the French would eat a little yeah, later. Yeah, the French will. Later. Yeah. Yes. Definitely in Paris, that's a, that's a big town that's and people case. are going out later, definitely, yeah. Is truffles a big deal for French? I know that's one of the most expensive things you can buy. There's a little shop in Paris that is the truffles store. Mm -hmm. And what, these are like a fungus that grows under a tree. Or what is the deal with truffles? Uh, truffles. There are truffle wars in little villages where they grow them, where they find them. Mm -hmm. Truffle wars? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, people, people know their place where they find them and they, they won't share Secret with anybody places. else. And uh, they fight each other to make sure that they find them because it, it, it does now represent a lot of money. So they it's, grow in the wild, these truffles? Yeah, they Oh, in a yeah. while. It's very difficult. In fact, the, the truffle grows on the roots of the oak trees. The oak tree, yeah. And they grow only if there is no other fungus on those roots there. Otherwise, they don't grow. Can you create an environment to uh, you have can try. a farm, a truffle farm? Yes, you can try. It's not guaranteed. And it takes mm -hmm. a long time. And the, the, the result, the, plenty of people have tried. There are, they are truffle the farms. The quality? The quality is okay, but the result in, in terms of quantity is very disappointing. Okay. Now, do you have you, you actually they're sniffed out by pigs? Is that pigs, right? pigs dogs, or dogs? Dogs, dogs, and dogs. dogs. Now it's actually the dogs because yeah. you yeah. know the pigs have a tendency of eating the truffles, which really does not is not oh, good for those French the pigs, travel they hunter. Only want the best. You know, <laughs> but yeah, in the southwest of France, you know, they actually there's markets, they're truffle markets, and you know, I mean, it's it's goes further up than the price of gold. Yeah, I mean, it I've is, seen it. It's hundreds of dollars for something the size of a, of a Hardly anything. Of a walnut. It is a delicacy. And so they it shave is, it, huh? They shave they it? They shave it, yeah. A little bit on your, what? Omelettes. Omelettes. I mean, it's just really mm -hmm. just really a very, yeah. very delicate And there taste. are these um, farmers from the little villages that have a good dog and they make their living essentially going out there looking for truffles. They don't necessarily make a living because it's a short season. I but see. it's a very good extra income to oh, right. help supplement their, their, their all-year-round living. Yeah. Let's open up the phones next and hear about your French travel plans. 877-333-RIC or send an email to radio at ricksteves.com. It's travel with Rick Steves. J'abandonne sur une chaise Les chounelles du matin Les nouvelles sont mauvaises Tout qu'elles viennent J'attends qu'elles se réveillent Qu'elle se lève enfin Je souffle sur les braises pour qu'elle prenne Cette fois je ne lui annoncerai pas La dernière et qu'attendre Je garderai pour moi ce que m'inspire le monde Elle m'a dit qu'elle voulait si je le permettais Déjeuner en paix I'm Rick Steves. Let's travel. Call me at 1-877-333-RICK. Email us at radio at ricksteves.com. I have some uh, travelers on the line, and let's, uh, we'll, we'll take a break from our discussion of this food for just a moment, and we'll uh, see, who's, see who's giving us a call. Okay. We have Bernadette from Richmond, Virginia, and uh, Bernadette's planning on taking her, her daughters to, um, oh, it's a girls' weekend in Paris. Bernadette, tell us what's going on here. Well, my sister-in-law decided that for Christmas, um, this was her gift to all of us. We are aged um, from 81, 82, down to 20. There are eight of us. And so we're going to go to Paris and have some fun. What are you going to do? Well, we'd like to do, of course, the, some of the standard tourist things, um, the, the museums and... Um, uh, maybe a bateau mouche ride. I don't know whether we should go at night or daytime, but 
Um, we'd also like to, I heard that, um, I believe it's Saint-Chapelle. Um, Saint-Chapelle, mm-hmm. Yeah. That very... they have concerts there at night. Oh, they've got wonderful medieval concerts in, in Saint-Chapelle. Mm-hmm. And we'd love to do something and like that. that. We've taken our groups to this for years, and it's a delight if you want to get a little trip back in time, like 700 years, and, and enjoy the medieval instrumentation and so on. When you're in Paris, be sure to spend 50 cents or half a euro and pick up the Periscope magazine. And it's the weekly entertainment guide. And it's very easy. Some of it's in English, and it's very easy to read through it anyways, and you can see what concerts and what entertainment is going on. What would you guys say about the bateau mouche? Better in the day or the night? This is the boat cruise. I would, up I the would, I would do it night. Yeah. I would night? do it night, definitely. Because actually uh, Paris uh, does a beautiful job. The city does a beautiful job in lighting the building. So you actually just uh, you know cruise on the Seine River and you have all those uh, illumination of the building you know, on that stone and the reflection. It is really magnificent. And you have no obstruction of traffic. So you really get a perspective on the building that you will n- not be able to get uh, you know, in a bus, on a bus, walking around. So, but you know, do it, it if you have the time. Do it in the daytime and uh, at night. It's <laughs> a it's a whole other city. I mean, it's. Uh, I don't get tired of doing it. I I have fun actually doing it. Yeah, as tour guides, we do this routinely every time we take a group to Paris because mm-hmm. it's one of the essential ways to experience the city. We're talking about the one hour or so boat ride up and down the Seine River, past all of the wonderful monuments of Paris. And I'll tell you one nice thing about being on one of those boats is at night you don't have to look at the obnoxious boat with all the um, mm-hmm. like. All the powerful searchlights coming out of it. I mean, these are quite obnoxious if you're on the on the on the key on the on the harbor side. Uh, but boy, they light up the whole city as they cruise by. It's a beautiful hour, and I think that'd be a great idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. I'd, but don't fall for the uh, for the dinner on them there. <laughs> Good advice. Uh, keep the keep it to uh, to just the one hour thing there. Good advice. The dinner on it is not worth it. Money, the the food is good, but it's very very expensive. Split your thing or two. Have a good dinner with the same amount of money. You'll have an ex- extraordinary dinner and, and do your tour for one hour. And mm-hmm. you'll enjoy that. Bernadette, I've got to add, if you have my Paris book, um, uh, my Paris guidebook, there is a guided tour down the Champs-Élysées. And it's a wonderful, exciting opportunity to stroll the grandest boulevard in Europe with a little bit of knowledge about popping into different shops and stores and, and so on. And then after that, you go to my favorite little uh, village sort of street, which is an outdoor market on Rue Claire. And the guided tour uh, proposed there in the book lets you go into the shops and know what you're getting. You know, you got to see the great museums, but you also got to connect with the way the people are living. And in exactly. Paris, it's so delightful to see the Parisian culture that way. Boy, it sounds like you guys are in for a good a good trip. Well, I I think we are in for a good trip. Have a great time. Thank you. Okay, thanks for your call. Thanks. Bye-bye. We have Warren on the phone in Janesville, Wisconsin. And Warren was pickpocketed on the Paris Metro a couple years ago, and he's got a lesson to tell us, I think. Warren, are you there? Yes, I am. What's up? Well, I was uh, pleasantly uh, surprised on my return trip to Paris. I thought I'd give him another chance to get my wallet again. So I had a... Uh, dummy wallet with a little note in there, and I was uh, kind of disappointed because I made the whole trip the second time and never was uh, approached to buy a pickpocket. I was surprised to find out that the Metro had put all new gates and very uh, thoroughly uh, protected the turnstiles so that that problem wouldn't happen again. So I... I uh, was not able to uh, have my note received well, by anybody there that was helping themselves. We don't know whether to be happy or sad. <laughs> I'm, well, I, it sounds like I've, I've had the same experience. Sometimes with my TV work, I, I want to get filmed getting pickpocketed so I can show the lesson, and I, I stick something that looks like a wallet in my back pocket, and I can't get anybody to take it. But sure enough, as soon as you've got valuables in your pocket and you let your guard down, you're going to get pickpocketed because the, tourist, the, the thieves in Europe target us, American tourists, not because they're mean, but because they're smart. They know that we're the people that are likely to have valuable stuff in our purses and wallets. So I think you learned a good lesson there, Warren. Well, yes, and, and the value of, of having, I had the cash on me in my passport, mm-hmm. in my money belt, but because I had this, I was driving, I had my driver's license and a oh. credit card and some cash and a wallet, and I thought I was going to be so smart having it in my front pocket. Now you need and to... they lifted that quicker mm-hmm. than I could get the, the wallet out of my pocket by myself. They are good. 
I was in uh, the French Riviera this summer, uh, Nice, and a classic uh, gypsy thief was there with her baby in her wonderful, colorful dress and so on, right in my face with her hand out asking for a euro. Remember, the beggars are likely to be fast-fingered pickpockets begging as their front. And I was, I told my cameraman, Roll, I want to get, uh, I want to show uh, the American travelers how this works, because she's out there. I know her. She works Tuesday through Saturday, you know. And uh, I was right there, and she had her hand out asking for a euro. Her other hand was holding her baby around her uh, her body. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, I, I realized there was another hand in my pocket. And it just freaked me out, and I didn't know what was going on. Then I realized her left hand was not holding the baby. The baby was tied on there with a, with a shawl, and that freed her hand that I thought was holding the baby mm. to do the pickpocketing. What was impressive to me was... I knew she was a pickpocket. I was right there fully aware that she was a pickpocket, and she still outsmarted me. Point is, these street thieves in Europe are very smart, and the lesson is you just flat out don't want anything valuable in your pockets. Europe is a very, very safe place from a violent crime point of view, and it's a very dangerous place if you're an American on the streets with valuables in your pockets. You're likely to be victimized in some petty pickpocketing way, and really that's not enough to keep you cowering in your hotel. Just don't put valuables in your pocket. We found something else out with the increased security, though, that was an interesting occurrence. Uh, we were taking our uh, luggage through these new turnstiles, and uh, we had to buy an extra ticket yeah, for the luggage. Wasn't that clever of them? Now, they went to new turnstiles for a couple of reasons. One of them was anybody who was uh, young and, and athletic could leap over those turnstiles, and half the people on the system were not paying for their tickets, and it was just uh, uh, bad news. So they put these more um, um, complete sort of little doors you walk through to get onto the subway system in Paris. And, of course, that means you can't take your big suitcases through there. You have to go by the ticket booth and actually pay for your suitcase, apparently. But the subway system in Paris, I think, is the best in Europe. You pay one price to go anywhere in town, unlike London, which you pay according to how far you go. And they've got new subways now in Paris called the, the Meteor, I think, that is completely automated. And you can sit in the front row, and you've got the tunnel coming right at you, and you're screaming across town. Remember, when you're trying to get somewhere in Paris, traffic can congest the city. Taxis can be very expensive, but for just about a dollar, you can hop onto the subway and be anywhere in town faster than a taxi can take you. To make things even better, if you use the commuter train system called RER, it's the suburban train lines that, that leap through the city in big long stops instead of the little short puddle jumper stops, and you'll go quicker yet through the great city of Paris. Do you guys have any tips for safety on the subway or anything like that? I think it's common sense. I think uh, mm -hmm. Warren just re really learned it uh, firsthand. Mm. Uh, just really, just you know, the valuables. Um, I have to say, it's like any city, you know, anywhere. You just, you know, don't put uh, cash in your pockets, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, use your money belt. Not so much because you know to prevent pickpocketing, but just uh, peace of mind. You know, you have your passport in your in your money belt uh, with your credit cards and things and just keep some uh, spare change and, you know, mm -hmm. a few, you know, 20, yeah. 20, 50 euro. Um, Operate with a day's spending yeah, money in your pocket. Yeah. yeah. Just Thanks. common sense. Thanks, Warren, for your call. Happy travels. Thank you. You bet. We've got David in Everett, Washington on the line, and David has, I, I think, an experience he wants to share. Thanks for your call. What's on your mind? Well, I'd like to share a travel experience that happened to uh, my wife, Cheryl, and myself in Albi, France. Uh, sometimes, you know, the unexpected event in travel yeah. can leave you with an experience of a lifetime, even for a seasoned traveler. So we arrived in Albi, which is in the southern France, Landoc region, on a late Friday afternoon. And we scored, we thought, on a lucky parking spot, you know, in the big central parking lot near the Cathedral of St. Cecile. So the next morning I get up early to go for a walk, you know, to feed the meter for the next 12 hours. And, of course, we were astonished to see the Saturday market being set up right where I had parked the car. So the car was gone, and I knew this was going to be an interesting day. So you know, we trot back to Hotel St. Clair, and Michelle told us that we had to go to the prefector's office and that they would help us out. So off we went. So the prefector you know, folks told us that we needed to go to the town hall where they could help us find our car. So he pointed us in the general direction, and we went again. So after about 20 minutes, we were looking very lost, and an elderly French couple stopped by and asked us what we were looking for. Well, they were on their way to the Saturday market with their wheel shopping carts in tow, and we told them we were looking for the Marier, or town hall, and they just started to <laughs> laugh 
they couldn't speak much English, and they said that we had just asked them, well, where is the bridegroom? Oh, my goodness. Instead of pronouncing it the right way of Maui. So then they guided us to the town hall, and they insisted on helping us. And Madame did all they translated for us, best she could, on our situation to the man. So, you know, they called about a dozen places, and we finally found the car. But he said we'd have to go down to the police station to fill out a report in order for, you know, the towing company to release the car. So off we go with our newfound French guides to the local police station. Again, Madame insisted on coming into the police station with us, and it was lucky she did, as the policeman was not in a good mood, and a very colorful and heated discussion took place between Madame and the policeman. Very polite, no cussing. Uh, they asked us for our rental papers, and oh la la, we had left them in the car. <laughs> so we needed the rental papers before the police would fill out the report for the towing company to release the car. So Madame sent her husband to go fetch the car, and they drove us across town so we could retrieve the papers. We had a great time picking out colorful phrases uh, from the phrase book, and we showed them pictures of our family and home. So they kind of took us on a you know a backdoor tour of Albi, uh, pointing out all the sites as we went along. So we finally get back to the police station with the papers in hand, and the grumpy officer, you know, completes the paperwork, and our French guides again insist on driving us back to the towing lot so we could pick up the car and make sure that we weren't hassled by the attendant. So we thanked them profusely and told them they were two angels sent from heaven. They told us that Albi must be a bad town for you, and you will never come back now. We, we all laughed, and we told them we would be back again. We all hugged. They gave us the double-cheek kiss, and we now have adopted French grandparents in Albi. We were uh, very sad that they had missed their wonderful Saturday market, helping us for over three hours, mm. but that was the best $90 mistake yeah. I've ever made traveling. Isn't that great? Well, it sure does give you a good confidence in the, in, the, in the friendliness and the goodness of people. Oh, yeah. That moment of generosity will always stick out in my mind as a travel highlight for us. You know, travelers who venture out there and risk making those kind of mistakes really do find that in so many cases it puts you into the arms of helpful people. That's right. Yeah. And the French are not cold and mean as some perceptions uh, lend themselves to here in the uh, in the States. I think anybody who's traveled in France with the proper attitude has found the same thing to be true. I would totally agree. David, thank you very much for your comments. Happy sure. travels. Thank you. Okay, bye now. Bye. Hi, I'm Rick Steves. We are talking with two tour guide friends of mine, Patrick from Brittany and Sabine from Languedoc in France. And we're talking about French cuisine and pitfalls for American travelers. In France, there's a love of quality living and good life, and part of it is dealing with this wine culture and so on, and the concept of terroir. Can you tell me what terroir is? <laughs> terroir. There's no translation for the word, the mm. word terroir. It's a, it's a mixture of geography, of heart, of uh, cultural... Uh, cultural idea it's a mixture it's where it's coming from but with all the, invoca the invocation of elements all yeah, the, the intangible the, cultural the, exactly yeah. I mean the, the passions in terroir you have the terre which is the earth the soil so you have already a physical aspect of it you know it's like mm -hmm. you know if you could just like dig up and scoop up a piece of, you know some soil mm -hmm. of an area but yet you have like that snapshot of you know what is what is uh, the climate in that area. Mm -hmm. You know, what are the tradition? What are, what is the place known for? So it's really, it's really a kind of a complex, um, idea of just kind of, uh, just, you know, a snapshot physical and so climatic. When, so when you drink a glass of wine from Burgundy mm -hmm. and it's, you're standing on Burgundian soil and you're drinking this wine, the man who serves it is tuned into this terroir and the consumer is also generally enjoying the whole the whole experience it's it's yeah it's a null experience absolutely i mean you you might be even in a in a wine tasting place when the guy has been running the place for six generations right so you've got the the extra terroir idea there because <sighs> the guys have been there for i used to take my my groups in a little place in uh, next to dijon where the guy was running the the same that was the uh, a former retirement place for monks dating back from the 12th century 
He had the wine press for the 14th century. And they've and been welcoming guests there and serving them this fine the, wine. Uh, and so the family of. has been there since the 1600s. Wow. There's so terroir. I can tell you there's terroir. That, there's that's terroir. The, you're and not that makes the wine there. even better. You buy it here in a grocery store, it doesn't have the terroir. You don't feel the same thing. You're being yeah. there with the people, with the on the spot there, mexily. I don't know, there's a little bit more sentiment into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just a, a French wine bottle, for example, if you look at the label, on the label, you will have the place, you will have the name of the village where that wine is coming from. So it's just not, for example, a funny thing is that I, uh, I had dinner last night and I was asking about the wine and I asked about the house wine and they say, oh, well, you know, we don't recommend that it's a Chablis. Well, Chablis in France, if you do, I would highly recommend you asking for a Chablis in France because Chablis is a little village uh -huh. that actually produce wonderful wine. Wow. There's a world of good loving to appreciate as we travel and explore different countries and in France. I think they say viva la difference because life is so full of variety and beautiful things to appreciate. Sabine and Patrick, thank you very much for uh, giving us a little insight into your beautiful culture. Thanks. You're welcome. Merci bien. Thank Au you. Bye-bye. Magnifique. Magnifique. Merveilleux, merveilleux. Travel with Rick Steves is produced at Europe Through the Back Door in Edmonds, Washington. There's more online in the radio section at ricksteves.com. That's where you can look up information on today's program, listen again in our audio archives, and find links to audio and video podcast features. You can also submit your questions and comments for Rick from our website to be included on future editions of the show, or add your comments in our ongoing message boards. Plus, send us your original haiku poems about your travels, or write up a short hometown brag. Details are in the 15 Seconds of Fame link in the radio section of our website. The people who help bring you Travel with Rick Steves include communication support from Robin Stencil, Sonia Grosset, and Rachel Unk, with technical support from Jonathan Lee. Our theme music is composed by Jerry Frank. I'm your producer, Tim Tatton. Join us next time as we travel with Rick Steves. Travel with Rick Steves is brought to you by American Airlines. With their new Advantage Award booking tool, it's easier than ever to book to over 800 Advantage Award destinations online at aa.com. American Airlines knows why you fly.